0: Welcome to the dance to learn podcast, the podcast for dance teachers, studio owners, and educators to learn the best tips, tricks, and techniques for whole child dance education. I am your host, Jessica Strong. In today's podcast, I will be discussing virtual learning and the best way to create an online platform for the young child. As you know, for the past seven weeks, dance studios have had to adjust everything they know about teaching dance and transform it into a digital world. Some have seen success while others have struggled with keeping kids and parents engaged in an online platform. At Dance to Learn, we took this challenge by studying how children engage with technology to formulate the best approach for teaching through a screen. In our opinion, to be most successful, we really need to understand how children engage with technology. So let's take a minute to think about children and let's think about how they watch a movie, for example. So when children watch a movie, they tend to observe first and listen second. They don't often do while watching TV. So what this means is that children are used to sitting, watching, and listening when they look at a TV screen. A lot of times children need to watch multiple times. How many parents do you know are at home right now and have watched Frozen 2 more than they've watched their own TV shows? (laughs) Well, that's because children need to watch something multiple times because they enjoy repetition. Psychologically, repetition allows children to feel safe and secure as they can rely on the same outcome multiple times. They also seem to never get bored with re-watching the same movie over and over. In fact, the more they watch the movie, the more they can predict what's going to happen next. And you may even notice that they begin laughing before a funny scene happens, or you might even catch them saying the lines with the character. But how can a child be okay with this much repetition? So first, we need to remember that children are not going to comprehend the movie the first time they see it. Even as adults, we sometimes have to rewatch a movie or a TV show again and again to fully grasp and appreciate everything that is happening. Have you ever noticed yourself catching something new in a movie that you've watched numerous times and then wondering how you never noticed that before? Well, it's the same thing with young children. However, we need to remember that compared to adults, children lack the attention span and the cognitive processing to watch a movie once and not feel the need to watch it again. That's why for some children, you may not even be able to get through the entire movie in one sitting, but you find yourself having to watch it over the course of, say, two to three days. Then sometimes trying to keep up with a movie can feel frantic to young children, so they can easily lose focus or attention, and this causes them to miss some important details. So therefore, they want to watch again to see what they may have missed the first time. And the more the child gets comfortable with the movie and the characters, they will build an emotional connection to the movie, and that is what causes them to want to watch it again and again and again. So, while adults, we may find this much repetition annoying and bothersome, we need to remember that this is actually building our child's brain development. So, when children rewatch the same movie over and over again, they're able to predict what will happen next. And what this is teaching them is they're better understanding cause and effect relationships and this helps with their logical thinking development. Understanding these processes will actually help the child learn more quickly, and they're going to learn their they're going to better learn and understand their consequences and how an action may have an equal or opposite reaction. The University of Sussex actually conducted a survey with children aged 3 years old, and they were looking at The children's vocabulary development and the way they studied this was they read the same story to the same group of uh, students multiple times and then with a different group of students they would only read a story once so they compared the the, uh, two students and found that the children who acquired more vocabulary were those who were exposed to the stories repeated times and so what does this information tell us about how our young children are going to react and engage with a dance class conducted through a screen? So, I'm going to go over five tips that we've found that's going to help with your uh, online classes for children probably between the ages of 3 to 5 are going to need some of these some of these tips and tricks to keep them engaged throughout the entire online class. So the first thing that I would recommend is remember that your students are not programmed to quote unquote do when watching TV or looking at a screen. They are programmed to observe and listen. So as a dance instructor, we need to give our students reasons to stand up, move and engage with us from behind the screen. And the best way that we can do this is by encouraging parental help in this area. If they see mom and dad dancing, they may be more likely to engage, interact, and copy what their mom is doing, similar to what they would do with you in the dance studio. We also need to provide an engaging class plan where we ask a lot of questions and encourage a lot of creative thinking. So for example, maybe you are teaching a garden dance and you want the dancers to dance like an insect in the garden. So the best way to do this would ask each dancer individually, what insect do you wanna be? Then ask them, how do you think that insect would move? And there's no right or wrong answer here, But by allowing them to be creative and coming up with their own solutions, we're gonna be able to keep them more engaged in the class because they're gonna feel more in control and able to predict the outcome of the class. Very similar to watching a movie multiple times. As a teacher, I also find that using show me statements are much more successful than any other statements. This is going to be highly beneficial when in an online setting so for example you can say show me your best butterfly wings or show me your best flower show me your best twirl don't ask them to do something for example do you want to do this do you want to be a butterfly rather change your strategy and ask them to show you to be something when they can successfully show you they're going to have a lot more confidence And feel a lot more success in the outcome. My second uh, piece of advice for you is to record your classes and share them with your families and be sure that parents know that this is a new realm for their three-year-old. It's like a three-year old's first time in the studio. We need to remember that not all three-year-olds will be programmed to enter a dance studio and know what is expected of them. It could take several weeks before a child realizes that there is a dance teacher, there is a routine, there is listening that's required, and they need to copy what their dance teacher is doing and not run around the room. The same grooming time is going to need to happen in an online environment as well they aren't going to just quote unquote get it after week one. So therefore parents should understand that they may need to rewatch the classes numerous times to see results from their child. And the more that they can practice with their child, the more success they will have with the online classes. So as the teacher or studio owner, You will want to be sure that you are educating your parents on the importance of this grooming period just as much as you're educating their child in the actual art of dance. It's like parents who want to give up after the first week of dance classes just because their child didn't participate right away. It may take their child two to three classes before they are comfortable, and it's up to the teacher and the parent to work together collaboratively on this to build that child's comfortability with the studio. And this can only be done by using creative techniques to help the child feel safe in a new environment. My third tip for you is to keep the concepts that you're teaching in your class short, simple, and easy to follow. Children already have a short attention span and it can oftentimes be even shorter when dealing with an electronic setting so it's much easier to keep a child fully engaged when they are immersed in the activity with all of their senses and that is much harder to do in an online environment because we can really only tap into their visual and auditory senses. In our online classes we have found the best way to keep them focused and interested is with very short activities that are simplistic but also can foster their creativity. For example, rather than just standing up and showing them plies, we want to give them a reason to do their plies. Make there be a reason for it. And our advice would be to write a story, a dance story that they can follow along with. For example, maybe we are flowers in the garden. So how would we teach a dance class as a flower? Let's begin with our roots. Our toes are our roots and with each plie, we are sending our roots deeper into the dirt. Create a story with your dance classes and make it more of a creative adventure. Add on to the story as you go. So after plies, we're now going to grow a leaf. So let's practice our coupes, a baby leaf, and posses, a big leaf. After that, I'm feeling pretty thirsty. I'm a thirsty flower. So let's sip some water with our toes and practice our piques and PK pique turns. Then when your whole flower story is complete, go back and start over from the beginning and do the whole thing beginning to end. Because remember, they like that repetition. My next piece of advice for you is to be sure that you're keeping your classes as stationary as possible. Remember that your dancers are now moving and dancing from home, and they may not have a lot of space to move and dance safely. So we have kept most of our classes online stationary with some simple traveling movements like chassees or skips, and on occasion we might build in uh, combinations of traveling movements. However, most of the time we keep it as simple as possible. So for example, let's be butterflies and fly around the room and practice our chassis. Kids this young will get easily frustrated if they feel they can't master the movements. So remember, they like being able to predict their outcomes. If they don't feel they can perform the movements successfully, they're gonna become frustrated and ultimately burn out of their online classes. And my last piece of advice is to provide them with an incentive. So here at Dance to Learn, we have created some virtual sticker charts for our classes. And at the end of each class, we ask them what kind of sticker they would like added to their sticker chart. We're getting everything from unicorns to dinosaurs to rocket ships and robots, but they get really excited to see their sticker charts at the end of each week. And we're using Canva to make our sticker charts. I will be sure to share a link to our sticker chart template in the description of this podcast, as well as a link to join Canva. And there you have it. Those are my tips on hosting online dance classes for young children. What do you find is working well with your young students? You can let me know by commenting on this podcast on our Facebook page, which can be found at dance to learn And if you are enjoying this podcast, please consider clicking the subscribe button and providing us with a five-star review. We may feature your review on an upcoming episode. Thanks so much for chiming in with me today. I am your host, Jessica Strong.